In our last episode, we talked to our homegirl, Lavlene, about podcasting, filmmaking, community activism, and mentorship. In this bonus clip from our last episode, Lavlene talks about advice she would give to young women coming up today who are struggling to find their voice. She also talks about how she had to redefine success for herself that was different from the way that her immigrant parents envisioned it. In finding your way in the creative arts, like... I think what's very important in your story is without knowing what the fuck you're doing, you <laughs> threw yourself head in always. And that's kind of where the best people in their f- certain fields kind of start off with. Right. We have this kind of thinking that we're like, okay, I can't do that. Yeah. Like that's the biggest thing. We're our biggest doubters, our biggest critiques at times. Of course. But the beauty in your story is, yo, I didn't know how to fuck to teach a class, but I did it. And mm-hmm. look, and just as much as you may have inspired kids, that probably inspired your story to keep it going and keep your keep your shit For thriving, sure. right? So, I don't know, like, like, kind of how how can how can you get kids who may not be so comfortable as as you to yeah. go out there and do that? I think something that that made me really think on that we didn't touch on is that like some people look at me. I think for me, what's really important is to inspire young women, young Punjabi Sikh women especially. And like when I was young and like to this day, and when I'm saying when I was young, like up until 25, my parents were very strict with me, incredibly strict. I wasn't allowed to like have friends. I wasn't allowed to go to sleepovers. I wasn't allowed to go to parties, even in high school. I wasn't even allowed to go to the library some days. When I went to university, I had to fight. Like, I was fighting my parents all the time. And I think that that's where doubt from other people couldn't even enter because I had to literally build my voice inside myself. My parents wouldn't let me be in theater. My parents wouldn't let me be in clubs because they were just like, and I had an A average, Mm -hmm. right? So I wasn't even, I didn't drink. I still don't drink. So it's like, I wasn't even getting in trouble, but they wouldn't even let me do these things. They wouldn't let me take the program that I wanted when I went to York, but I would still do it. And so sometimes people look at me and even in high school, I I got really good at creating this persona that I'm so cool, like whatever, whatever. And I would like figure out ways to show up at the party and like leave by 930. You know, like I'd figure it out so that I'd be there, you know. But so sometimes people look at me and they're just like, oh, but you don't know, Lovelina. I'm like, no, they're still like that, you know. And for me to like, I've actually been disowned twice. Um, And so for me to move out on my own in Toronto, for me to make films. Like, I've been shit on so much by my own family, you know, as a a woman. And I am 31, and I'm not married, and the brown women know how big of a deal that is. And I can joke about it, but, like, me doing a master's, even that, like, my uncle came up to me and said, "Uh, how are we going to find you somebody to marry? You're going to be too educated. You know, Um, me doing the activism work, my mom would be like, you're too loud. Nobody wants a bahu in their house like that, you know. And so and and after a while, like they still would say things like you got to let this community work go and just get a job as a teacher, like things like that. And none of what I was doing or my voice mattered or what I value, my own values even mattered in that. And they supported me and encouraged me in different ways. So I'm not going to knock that. But I wanted to be heard that, like, I understand those Punjabi girls at home that are literally not allowed to leave their house while their brothers are going around doing whatever the hell they want. I get it. And 
but you got to fight for yourself if nobody else is willing to fight for you. You got to dig deep into that light and protect that light with everything that you have. Because right now what you're seeing is somebody that has finally taken off that protection and been like, here it is. But for a long time, I had to just like hold it here and just be like, just keep going, like hold my light, protect it for as long as I could because I could not bear the thought. I knew that I'm here, like I knew I could feel it, like from Sikhi too, I'm here for a reason. This is my light. And from Sikhi, I learned that men or women are supposed to be equal. I have every right to be here, but that's not what I'm experiencing. So I'm going to hold this light because my ancestors are revolutionaries. I'm going to hold this light until I can like let it go. But I'm not, nobody's extinguishing this light from me, even if it means that sometimes I got to navigate it in different ways. So it was hard to get, it was hard for me to get to this point as like a young Punjabi Sikh woman who is educated and like even to fight to get that education you know and so for me I did this because I'm the oldest of the oldest so I have 20 first cousins coming after me 15 of them are girls and I never in my brain was like they are not going to experience what I had to experience and I need them to see a different way and for me, that's always been important. Like even on my Instagram, I'm always posting like happy things or me being out in places because I want people to see that there is a different way to be a Punjabi woman. Yeah. There is no one method. There's no one cookie cutter way to do it. And like if you can, if that means you want to be a housewife, good on you, do that. But there's also a million other ways to do it. So for me, that's like I coming back to that earlier thing, it's like I don't have the luxury of being quiet. I can't because if I see a another Punjabi girl miserable and and like losing herself, that's the utmost amount of like sadness to me. Yeah. Like that is the biggest sadness to me to be like my parents are telling me to do this. I'm like you are a grown woman. Like I understand it's hard. And I don't think that anyone's struggle is easy. So I'm never going to be like, you should run away from home too. Like I did when I was 16. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say that. No, I, th I feel sorry to cut you no, off, but okay. I feel like even us as Punjabi males don't understand. Right. And no, but we have to, as part of the next generation, yeah. we have just as much of a responsibility to make sure that we don't let that fuckery continue in our culture. Exactly. Because as two uncles of three beautiful nieces, yeah. I'm pretty sure we want them to be as educated as possible yeah. and fucking have just as many opportunities and not as many obstacles as the women in our lives, yeah. right? So not only a woman should feel that within her, but the male figures in her life should be pushing her exactly. in those directions as well. I've heard so many stories and like, I know even girls of my generation, their own brothers would get in their way. No. Their own brothers would be the ones perpetuating the patriarchy. would be like, why'd you go out tonight? It's like, yo, you're supposed to be my ally, man. You should be helping me climb out the window. That's what happens in the movies. Yeah, like, you know no, for, I mean? for sure. So like, that's what, I, and then, so connecting to like that last tidbit that I've been really understanding now as a grown up and reconciling my own shame, because it's like, I don't own a house. I don't have a consistent job. I had to move out for my own mental health. So I've been paying rent. I went in a lot of debt to like move out and like not get support from my family and stuff like that. So I didn't get to the same places that some of my friends are getting to or, or former friends buying houses, getting cars, getting married, all this sort of stuff that we see as like these success measures. 
and people like my mom or like people would be like you have a master's and you don't have this this type of job but I'm like no but like what I'm doing I know like I still get knocked for it right like I don't have a full-time job and I keep jumping between situations but I know for me I have a a track record now that I can look back on but when you're 22 like you guys too like Mm. when you're 22 23 you don't have a track record you're just doing it from your heart like you're doing it from your gut only now can you be like yo look at these stages we performed at look at these opportunities we got but when you're young like you don't have that um you don't have the the like messages from the universe telling you you're on your right track yet now i can look back and be like you know what i've always been good i've always been good the universe always looks out for me it always has and i see all of the ways i could have gone left but i just kept going straight yeah and my gut was always right so to like hone that gut voice was so important and now i can even when i feel doubt or other people's criticism i can be like it's okay i'm okay yeah just just off what you were saying like i feel like we have this tendency to look at our timeline and compare it to other people's timelines right but Something that I, and I used to do the same shit. It happens when you're younger, right? You get the wisdom, the older you get. But the older I got, the more I realized, yo, I'm doing well in my lineage. Exactly. Right? Everything has taken two steps forward rather than backwards. Just because my shit isn't going as quickly as somebody else. But that is the virus in itself, is looking towards somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like there, There's a very important thing in keeping your blinders on and focusing on yourself. Totally. We tend to always keep looking at everybody else. But the beauty is in reaching your own max potential. Exactly. And it's kind of shitty that for some people, at least for me, that came later on in life. Like I wish I had that. I showed that confidence as a kid, but it was all bullshit. Like, you know, it was all just fucking insecurities deep down yeah. within. But, like, I feel like the earlier you get that grasp of, yo, let me just focus on myself, the better you are in the long term. Well, doubt comes from other people's voices. As as babies, we are born the most perfect little beings. Yeah. You know, if you see a baby, that's the most confident little thing. That baby knows it's the shit. You know what I mean? It's like, pay attention to me because I want you to. You know what I mean? There's no like, don't pay attention to me. No, it's like, uh, hello, right? So we are already born the most perfect human beings. And again, like it literally took me till time, like now that I was like, wait, I was born perfect. Nobody can take that away from me. Like, but but it's other people's voices and their insecurities Mm -hmm. that we feel. And so if there's something that I want to end on, something that we all know and perfect to this title, Immigrant Hustle, right? That is the podcast name, right? Yes. Okay, good. good. I was like, She's uh, like, what show am I on right now? I was like, Gumball Podcast? I forgot. For a second. Blanket Fort? The Blanket Fort Podcast. <laughs> Which one are we on now? We changed directions a couple times. I'm, I'm a host now, right? I thought, yeah. I'm like, I'm a co-host. I'm signed on. Um, but if there's one thing that I want to leave Okay, I feel like I need to start. Okay. If there's one thing that I want to leave everybody off for me that I've really learned is like we've all heard based on the name of this podcast that story, uh, like become a doctor, lawyer, engineer, go get a degree, to have money in the bank, right as soon as you graduate university, get married, buy a house, get a car, and then something that hit me this year, especially as I was saying, I was like reconciling with my shame of like not getting to where I wanted to go and whatever. I was like, wait a second. 
my parents were literal farmers. Like, no. nobody in my life is a doctor, lawyer, engineer. Not nobody, like, in my, like, parents' generation. And even when they came, they lived in basements. They lived in apartments. It took them a while to, like, buy a house. And they didn't even buy the nicest house. It was a shitty house. And then they cleaned it up, right? And then, th- and we only had one car for, like, 15, 20 years. I was like, wait a second. They literally created this fantasy that nobody can meet. And like people raise kids in all sorts of different circumstances. And we've been like, oh, you can't have a kid. I used to be like, can't have a kid until I have my life together and I have a house. And I'm like, wait, I was raised in an apartment building. That was fine. Like, so I think I had to start pulling apart this fantasy that's been created out of their trauma, their insecurity, their need to lay roots and build a foundation and be like, wait, we're allowed to have a variation of experiences here because that's just a fantasy. That's not even a reality. That's not even something that we can put our feet on. That's not even something that like we can get support or mentorship to make happen. Like I look at my mom sometimes. I'm like, ma, you don't even understand the job market. And you're out here trying to give me like advice on how to get a job. (laughs) Like, what are you trying to tell me right now? My dad's still like, (laughs) 1980 he's like yeah just go to that place give them a resume (laughs) go door to door what are you doing yeah like go door to door right and then like (laughs) go door to door (laughs) yeah and and like even like getting mortgages and stuff like that like it was different back then it was easier and so we need to untangle ourselves from that fantasy that was created my dad in high school was like why didn't you get into harvard i'm like (laughs) How, Sway? How? Like, how is this gonna... And now that I actually understand how to get to Harvard, I'm like, bro, that was on you. You needed me in those SAT classes at seven years old. Like, why did you get me into Harvard? Like, why did you make a $100,000 donation with a wing with our name on it? Like, excuse me? So even those things, like, my dad was like, why didn't you get to U of T? Because that's prestigious. They were literally just being like, what's the best that we can get them to hope for? So figure out what's the best for you to hope for. And we only have one life to live, man. And like we need, we have this beautiful opportunity as this new diaspora in Toronto, this new Punjabi Sikh diaspora, not like Vancouver, not like London or Cali. We're in our first gen. Like we can blaze those trails and like have more, because even in Vancouver, like they don't have that many Punjabi people in different industries. Like, we can blaze those trails and be like, because of somebody like Niru, who was that teacher, she brought me in to do that thing. And then, like, I've met a producer, documentary producer, and she wants to bring me on to do her films. Like, we can literally blaze trails and, like, allow for different representations of experiences. Like, we are not a homogenous community. And the more expressions and voices we have out there, especially of, like, our brilliant fucking revolutionary resistance filled Punjabi Sikh women like then we can be like that's we need to determine our own understanding of success because I'm sorry like just buying a house and having a car like from our community like that's what success is nah man we gotta reach higher and success to me isn't even gonna be like biggest politician or like the CEO of a bank no man we gotta be changing this world and that's the lineage that we come from and that's what I wanna see I wanna see more of us sick activists on those streets and like I know that when we went to protests and the sick community showed up even a couple years ago and we served five 500 cups of jaw like it was in the news and like everybody there was like yo you guys came through like that's what i want to see up and i want to be those people that they're like the six always roll through like we need to understand what our 
understanding of success is, what we want our community's legacy to be here. And I don't want it to be that we're hated because, and this happens. This is happening in Brampton right now. Right now yeah. We're getting hated because we're moving up so fast and we're not bringing nobody else with us. We literally are the white man pulling up the ladder being like, no, nah, we good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we didn't get here because people pulled up the ladder on us. Mm -hmm. We got here because we put the ladder, people put the ladder down for us from other communities. So we need to make sure, like, how do we make this place that, like, everybody can thrive and flourish and, like, we all have a light within us and that needs to be, like, whatever your gift is, that's why you're here on this planet and it doesn't matter if you get paid for it or not, but we need it, man. We need your gift. Like, we're in tough times and only option we have with like Trump and Ford and Tory and like the climate and all that literally now or never guys like <laughs> put it out there like just whatever your gift is we need it like just put it out there because what are you gonna wait for we'll all be dead soon enough <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty morbid note to so we're all gonna like die. So we're all gonna die. So just like make your film, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just well said. <laughs>